For you to be a closer in sales, you have to master the power of straight talk. Now, this isn't something that everybody wants to talk about because sometimes it's the difficult conversation. And when you figure it out, the difficult conversation is the thing that helps you close the deal because nobody's willing to talk about it. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios on episode number 194, The Power of Straight Talk in Sales. Well, at least that's the placeholder for, for the title. So sometimes you may listen to the How to Sell Show and you're like, Scott, you announced the number of the show, but it's a little bit different. Well, here's what I do, just so you know. A lot of times I use the Goog, Uncle Google. And I go in and I search for a phrase so that when people search for that phrase, my podcast can come up. And so sometimes from the point for where I launch it and to the <laughs> conceive it to the point that I launch it, that title may change depending upon search, search. So as of today, right now, the power of straight talk and sales is the title. It may change. And so I, I want to give you some concepts, some ideas, some fair warnings that uh, I'm going to have to share with you some of my ideas about what I see. And my style may not be your style. <laughs> and I, I give you that warning on purpose because sometimes I meet people and they go, I would never say that in sales. Or I meet salespeople and they go, fantastic, I love it. And so you are going to have to get out of your own way. Uh, you will need to expand your comfort zone for some of you. And I, I share that for a reason because... Uh, early on, I didn't see the potential in conversations like this. Early on, I did not see how powerful the power of straight talk was. And, and you know, in politics, there was a couple of times that they've recycled this phrase, straight talk express. And I can't remember who used it. I should have probably Googled it before the episode, but that's okay. But it comes up. It, it comes up uh, frequently. In order to make this idea or this concept work, you're going to have to learn how to stand up for yourself in sales and not get pushed around. And when you watch closers, they, they have a direction. They, they paint a dot on the horizon and they march towards it. Like you can, you, when you know when you meet somebody who is about closing a deal, um, not because of a specifically what they say. It's how they say it. It's the direction that they organize a process. It's their direction that they organize a thought. When you meet somebody who has good organizational control and good control of their voice, their body language, their their beliefs, all that goes into like, you know, they, they, they say things and they feel like a comfortable command. That's a, the best way that I can explain it. That somebody says, well, you know, I'm not quite sure. And you can hear, I'm not quite sure that that's the direction that I'm going to go. And a closer is going to be like, look, I, I get it. I hear everything you're saying. Now, at the end of the day, we're going to march you towards this direction. And here's all the actions that you're going to need to take. And you're going to come along with me. 
And it's not it's not a question. It's a statement. Uh, okay, completely understand. I get it. I hear what you're saying. I hear you. Now, what you need to know is this is the direction that we're going to go, and this is, and they just they take control. So, part of the 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 ability for doing straight talks in in sales is the comfortable control. It's not awkward for the most part. There are there's probably one percent of the population that can get away with it by being awkward. And I have to have my Wednesday on a full on, on Wednesday on a full moon when you stub your toe. Sure, there's probably one or two people that you know that get away with. Uh, what could be the opposite of what I'm going to share with you. And I'm going to say something controversial, and I hope you hear this out and hear it for what it is, that uh, some sales training concepts are anti-sales. They are anti-sales, meaning it it really does cause struggle with the sales process. It really does it does create some issues. And, and not everybody wants to hear this because it's controversial. And some sales scripts and word tracks will get you in trouble because they're not you. They're not you. So this is a case of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You go into a sales presentation, you meet with the buyer and you're like, oh, you like football? I like football. You like cars? I like cars. And you act one way. And you are a very friendly and fun person. Yay, you. And then what happens is you go into sales mode like you shift gears entirely. And the person that was all about friendly and building rapport, you like football, I like football, turns into a robot. All right, now we got to get down to the details. Now we got to talk. Now we got to be serious. And it it's night and day. I have been on so many ride-alongs where I have seen salespeople in just about every industry, you name it, car sales, insurance, uh, corporate sales, SaaS, software, in-home sales, and just about every type of in-home sales you can imagine. Uh, I have seen people who either A, are brand new, or B, are struggling, have a loss of control over their voice, their pitch, their tone, their timing, their cadence, everything. So you, you have to get good with the script first so you can become a salesperson. So this is this is the part where people, you know, like they, they lose what I'm, what I'm sharing. So I, I, if I have to go over this a couple of times, then I will. So what happens is you get very good with a script. You get very good with a process to get the framework down, to get an understanding of how to use it, to get comfortable. And then you make it your own. And so like sometimes I'll work with brand new salespeople and they fight me. They're like, I would never say it that way. I'm like, you have to say it this way first to get used to it so we can get you comfortable with the process, so we can get you used to what's going on, and then we can adopt later. But like they, they want to fight everything from start to finish because it's outside of their comfort zone and it's not what they would do. And so the, they want to fight it. And the best people that I've worked with are pliable, meaning that they're willing to be trained. Like sometimes I'll meet with closers that are fantastic at what they do. And I have to correct them and say, hey, look, you're saying it this way. This is the objection that you're getting. And they're like, how do you know that? And I'm like, because, because I've been on so many freaking ride-alongs. This is where you're losing people. I have people call me and say, hey, Scott, I was in a presentation and I lost the buyer. And I could pretty much pinpoint where they lost the buyer. I could pretty much pinpoint and say, this is about the time frame that you lost them. And they're like, yeah, how do you know that? Because I can clue in on the words that people use for an objection and know what was said, what was done, and what wasn't done. And it's just from watching enough deals. There's patterns for everything. There are patterns for objections. And part of these patterns... 
part of these patterns are the words that you use to the buyers and the words that they regurgitate back to you. And so you use your script as a way to get your foot in the door. You use your script as a way to get better and you evolve over time. But most salespeople give up too soon. They don't, they don't want to do it that way. They don't want to be coached. Now, I remember when I played football and when I played soccer, when I was on swim team, like I was coached. The, the coach would say, you are like in swim, you, you are, you are paddling too fast. You need to slow down your paddle to speed up. Or when I played football, you're tackling wrong. You need to get lower. You need to run your legs. You got to keep your legs moving. And I remember when I played soccer, you know, I, I had a soccer coach that was very, he was physical. And so he would always say, Scott, you're a big dude. Use your body. Use your body. And I'm going to say the same thing when it comes to sales training. You got to have somebody who is willing to say, hey, you're saying this wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're acting wrong. You're not putting enough emphasis on this. You're not asking the right question. And I'm going to add this one because it's all about this topic. There's not enough certainty in the conversation and there's not enough straight talk. There's not enough like this is how it is. This is the way that the world works. So like if I had to give you a breakdown and I had to give you a synopsis and you're like, Scott, you're about 10 minutes in. Can you can you just give me the goods? I'm going to give you the goods, but hopefully you stick around even longer because there's some really cool stuff coming up. It's that you got to be willing to paint the world for what it is, right? Here's what you're up against as a consumer. Here's what you're up against. And you got to give a compelling conversation. Another way to say this is I've got to set the record straight. I just, I got to tell you what, what the lay of the land is. And you may, you may use one of those phrases. I got to set the record straight. I got to, I got to tell you the way that this industry works right now. I got to share with you what you're up against. You got to, you got to know what you're up against. And you take a look at everything that's gone on the world post pandemic. It's really changed the way that business operates. So people, to an extent, have more understanding about weirdness, but you got to be able to deliver this conversation. You have a product or service that's stuck somewhere in container ships or you know supply chain issues. You got to be able to say, here's the lay of the land. Right now, everything's on back order. Love to get you in. I'd love you to get your deposit down. I'd love for you to, to get this taken care of. The real situation is whatever you want is going to take longer for you to get, and it's going to cost more money than what you expected. And how you say that matters. If you if you notice, it was like very factual. Uh, people people that you could model on this that remind me of of how to have this conversation could be somebody in your life. Everybody has a friend that is very good on giving the facts, and they're very elegant about it. And then you also have people who love to say what they're thinking, and it's a complete dumpster fire and train wreck. Model the person who is very elegant. You know, uh, uh, people who are pilots, when you listen to pilots on on the aircraft, usually they're pretty calm about everything that's going on. Uh, We're going through some turbulence right now. For whatever reason, microphones on airplanes just do not pick up sound (laughs) on the flight pad um, in the cockpit. And, you know, the, the guy is brand new and he's mumbling, but like when you got a pilot who's been in the sky and put in thousands of hours, they're usually like, we're cruising at an altitude of 3,000 feet. And if you look out your left side of the window, you can see a big giant bridge. They're just, you know, they're kind of factual about it. They're very factual about it, not even kind of. Uh, I'm not saying to use that tonality and the way that they talk, but like you could use it as a model. You could use it and say, hey, look, I really like what that guy or that girl says. I really like what that pilot did. There's some politicians like that, whether they, whether you like them or not, whether they drive you up the wall or not. 
There's some politicians out there that are just like, boom, here's what's going on. I'm going to say what I'm thinking. There's some radio talk show hosts like that. They're just like, hey, I got a question. I want to know how this is going down. You know, you know who's really cool about this? is uh joe rogan joe rogan is very calm when he when he gets into like hey man i'm trying to understand what you're telling me here he's just very calm about it and then like sometimes when he calls people out he's like yeah i don't really know if that's true jamie can you pull up (laughs) and he just goes off on on talking like it's a normal conversation but there's a slight edge to it there's a slight like push towards like this is my idea this is my concept this is the direction that we're going and if you listen to enough episodes of the How to Sell Show, I always talk about that the top salespeople will paint a picture of what they want to do on the horizon, and they'll march towards it. When you meet with buyers, they want to be know that they want to know that they're being told the truth. Sometimes they can't handle it. You know, there's people who will sign up and say, "Hey, I want sales training," and I'll let them know this isn't going to be easy. You know, I'm I'm going to put you through the ringer. So uh, if you've ever watched the movie Three Hundred. Uh, the Spartans had this thing called the agogi. And there are times where I tell salespeople, you are going to go through the sales agogi. And I do own salesagogi.com for that reason. That you're going to go through the agogi and it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's supposed to hurt so that when you meet with your buyer, it's really easy. You know, I have had salespeople like that are very good at what they do that I've trained. Tell me, Scott, I in the beginning, I hated working with you because I didn't understand what you were helping me do. And now that I've worked with you, you've made it you made it so difficult buyers are easy. So I've got an entire process for making sales training very hard for the right reasons at the right time. It's not like always from the very beginning. So when you take a look at a brand new salesperson, they don't know what they're doing. They don't have their sea legs underneath them. They don't have their sales legs underneath them. So they, they, they get kind of nervous. You know, they don't have the vocal pitch and tone. They don't have the cadence. They don't have the command. They don't have the answers. Sometimes you meet people who are arrogant or borderline confident, and they're able to get away with this very early, and sometimes confident. They're able to get away with this very early, and I don't mean that bad. It's just a statement, like I'm recording this episode on a Monday night. I don't mean it bad. I'm just, it's a statement. It's like sometimes arrogant people and confident people can get away with this, and it seems like uh, a normal conversation for them because they're used to getting the way that they want. They're used to getting things done the way that they want to get them done. So what you think sales may be if you're brand new, you may be 180 degrees off. I I think of like sales training when I looked at it in 2004, 2005-ish was like Sandler selling. And I was like, whoa, I'm way too uncomfortable for this. Whoa, I really don't like this concept of reversing. Whoa, I really don't like pushing concepts, you know, and objections up front and dealing with problems up front whoa, I really don't like pushing back on buyers. And then I started thinking about it and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Where am I struggling in the sales process? All these problems that like a Sandler style thing fulfills. And I'm not saying you have to go through that process. I'm not saying you have to use it. I'm just using it as an example. I've I've studied every type of sales. I, I've looked at different industries, different services, different trainers. Because like when you think about it, when you master one style of of martial arts, most people are like, okay, I got a black belt in Kung Fu. I really want to learn jujitsu. I've got a black belt in jujitsu and Kung Fu. I think that it's time for me to, to learn Jeet Kune Do. Okay. There's people out there that do that. And I, I have the same belief that like, wait a minute, there's different people that you can learn from and you could take different concepts and ideas from them. But if you take a look at how, how closers have conversations, there's just a confidence about them. There's just a conversational, like, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way the world works. And I got to tell you, you know, 
You might have an uncle or an aunt, an auntie, that just, they say things, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. My grandfather was in the Navy, and I, I will share with you one thing that you will find about Navy, uh, Navy guys is especially like the ones that went through the Navy in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and some of the 90s, they are very straightforward. Uh, they love to curse, and they are very straightforward. And I'm sure that this is true for other parts of uh, the, the, <laughs> the military. So if you were in the Marines, the Army, the Coast Guard, I'm not doing this to pick on you. I'm giving you an example, okay? So if you don't know anybody who was in the Navy, pick somebody you know that was in the Marines. They're just, they say what they're thinking, and they, they got a way of getting it off their chest. Now, some people are very elegant about it, and some people are just very gruff. Don't be the gruff dude. Don't be the gruff chick, okay? Um, if you take a look, you never know who's going to impact you. In 2006, I was struggling with sales, and so uh, the company I was, organ- I was with, the organization that I was with, sent me down to Orange County to ride with a sales guy named Frank. And Frank was a baller. He was the best in the industry at what he did. And so I rode with this guy for three days. And what I learned was my conversational style sucked. That's what I learned. And it was a very painful lesson. And Frank was really good on just telling people, here's the way that the world works. Here's what you're up against as a consumer. And you know what? People loved him for it. I, I, I was blown away. I was like, oh my goodness. This guy says what he's thinking. He does not a way that, you know, it's kind of gruff. For, you know, at the time in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't know if I'd ever say that. And then after three days of writing with him and going on a whole bunch of sales calls, I was like, I'm going to adopt this style. And it made me a better salesperson. You know, I, I looked up to Frank. There were some things that I loved about him. There were some things that I didn't like about him. I took the good, left the bad. And then in 2010, I met a guy named Rob. And Rob did commercial sales. And Rob was like, Scott, he gave me one of these conversations. Here's the lay of the land. Here's what you need to know. And then in 2013, 2012, 2013, I ran into a guy named Mark, and I liked the way that he talked and the things that he uh, he had conversations about. And I was like, I'm going to keep the good, and I'm going to leave the bad. He didn't really have any bad. And then in like 2015, I met this dude named Mitch, and it kind of like stitched everything together for me. You know, I had really good skills up until that point. And then like I, I looked at it as a challenge, like, okay, who can, who can at my level, who can I take advice from? Who can, I, who, who can I learn from? Who can I pick things up from? And, and how can I become better at what I do? And so I look at the way that people who are closers and people who are performers talk, paint that, that picture on the horizon and move forward and march forward. So your buyer, when you meet with them, they, they don't want to be lied to. They want to be told the truth. But you have to be you have to be willing to do it in a way that makes sense to them, and this is where salespeople get in a struggle because they hear have confidence, have the ability, but like for them, it's a foreign world, it's a foreign capability. They've never had to be that person. So if you're brand new to sales and you're like, I'm really struggling with this, it's because you don't have enough repetitions in, or if you just got out of a sales slump, you got to get past the hurt. Those are two things that happen. It's just that most people don't have this conversation with you. They won't have the straight talk conversation with you and say, the reason that you're not selling is because you haven't put in the effort. The reason that you're not selling and you're not closing deals is because you haven't got past you know, the feelings of rejection. You haven't gotten past the, the upsetness of not closing deals because you haven't learned how to sell or because something just happened in your life. People want to be the bold guy or the bold, bold girl. Uh, and 
they admire the, the people who are masterful at it. I'm going to add somebody to my list. I'm going to go backwards here. In 2006, I met this dude named Dave Lacani. And Dave Lacani wrote a book called Persuasion, the Art of Getting What You Want. And I saw him from the front of a stage at a Kevin Hogan event. And Dave was masterful at the way that he commanded a room. And what he, he said, I mean, very elegant, very elegant about what he said. But I, I got to tell you, uh, <laughs> it, the first time that I saw him speak, he was in the front of a room, probably like a $10,000 suit. I think I asked him. It was like eight or $10,000 in 2006. And Dave, Dave looks at the room and looks around. And he says, look, if any of your phones go off, I'm going to crush your phone. And he's a pretty intimidating dude, bald, you know, probably 6'3", six, 6'4", six, if I had to guess, 280 pounds at the time. And I was like, whoa. But I mean, the way that he said it, it wasn't like, it, it was just one of those things that you knew he wasn't messing around. You knew that the guy had confidence, had to add to the list. So Frank, Dave Lacani, Rob, Mark, and Mitch. All people that I admire, that I've I've taken like their style and learned from. I'm constantly on the on the lookout for like who can teach me how to be better at what I do. How can I become fractionally better at what I do? How can I become massively better at what I do? It's from watching the people who know how to say what they're going to say. You want to be a closer, you're going to have to say the tough things. You want to close more deals, you're going to have to call people out for the crap on their objections that they give you. So I'm not telling you this to be a jerk. You have to be able to disassociate from being friendly and say what needs to be said. So, you know, if you listen to enough episodes of How to Sell Show, you will hear me talk about that people pleasers typically don't close deals because they won't say what needs to be said. Somebody says, well, I'm going to need a discount. Oh, I'm going to go to my manager and see what I could do for you and come up with a special deal. Right? Like, you know, uh, somebody who's a closer would be like, look, we're at the end. I've given you everything that I got. Are we doing this deal or not? You know, they may not say those exact words. I'm giving you the rough definition of what they're saying. But like, you know, the person the person who's like, well, let me go to my manager. Let me see what I could do. That buyer goes, well, this person's a pushover. There's plenty of money left in this thing. I'm going to get it figured out. Closer's going to be like, look, this is what I got. This is what I have for you. And this is the lay of the land in the world. You want it done right, it's going to cost you. You know, uh, there was a guy named Bill Phillips. Bill Phillips owned Phillips Publishing, and he had a saying, pay for the best, cry once. So I've literally heard salespeople give this story in multiple different ways. And you could use that word track, by the way, pay for the best, cry once. So there's a guy who owns a massive publishing company that I admire hugely, and his name is Bill Phillips. And he says, pay for the best, cry once. So at the end of the day, how many times do you want to cry about putting this project together? Right? You could, you could modify that however you want. So you, you take a look at closers and you listen to how they talk to people and you do it without being a jerk. Now, I'm going to give you an agreement that I make with people when I meet them and have a conversation with them. And I'll say like, look, I really don't know how to sugarcoat. I'll give you the good news. I'll give you the bad news. And if that's not going to work for you, you're going to have to let me know. Like for me, that's a preemptive strike and a shot over the bow early on in a conversation because I'm making an agreement. Because later they're going to come back and go, whoa, 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 Scott, you're really pushing me. Like, look, remember, I told you for various reasons, I lack social skills. I grew up with a speech impediment. And because of that, I don't always say the right thing. There was a couple of years of my life that I didn't talk and I didn't learn social skills. So you've got some options. I can call somebody out here who's going to sugarcoat it for you and not tell you what you need to know, or you can go with me. And so people normally say, no, okay, Scott, I got it. I, I understand. 
But, you know, sometimes uh, it's a frame control issue. That's the way Orrin Clough would explain. It's a frame control. That's my frame. I'm Scott. I don't know how to sugarcoat. I say the things that people don't always want to, they want to say, but they don't always get them out of their mouth. Okay. And when you think through interacting with people, people admire that. But sometimes they get their feelings hurt. And so, like, if you go through enough sales calls, and especially if you're in a sales slump, and you and you say something that people get their feelings hurt, and you don't know how to recover, it causes some issues for you. So sometimes people will get the conversation down; they won't get the recovery down. Meaning they'll they'll get the word track down, they will get what needs to be said, but not the recovery. And this is important because you got to learn how to get back the control when people get upset. And when people are like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Like for me, in my case, it took me a long time to figure out, hey, look, I don't know how to sugarcoat. I'm going to say what needs to be said. And then like people would get upset with me. And for a while, I'm like, crap, how do I deal with this? And then over time, I learned to go like, look, I warned you from the very beginning. I'm Scott. Don't know how to sugarcoat. This is this is who I am. You want you want the guy who's going to pussyfoot around? Call him. I'll give you a couple numbers of guys. Will they tell you what you need to hear? No, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. And what you want to hear isn't going to fix your problem. I'm going, to lay, I'm going to give you the lay of the land. I'm going to give you the conversation that you need to hear. I'm going to share with you everything that somebody is supposed to, but not scared to do it. So uh, I have a saying that I'll tell people, like, look, your problem dictates the price, not me. Your issue dictates the price, not me. If you've got a $100,000 problem, I'm going to tell you. If you've got a $10,000 problem, I'm going to tell you. But at the end of the day, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to pussyfoot around and I'm not going to give you a false sense of security that these things are going to fix the problem when they're not. There's plenty of people who will do it because they're scared to ask you for the money. That's the, the way that it is. So do you want somebody who's scared to ask you for the money or do you want to know what your real problems are? And people will go like, I want to know what my real problems are. And then like, you can't get mad at me when I tell you that it's going to cost some money because most people don't charge enough for their solution. They tell you they do. They make a promise they can't keep. Are you going to be mad at that? And they, they have to think for a minute. Yeah, I will be. Okay, so if I'm two, three, four, five, six times more than somebody else, you better be prepared for it. Like, um, if you watch Chris Voss or listen to Chris Voss's channel, he does a lot of priming. And that is a form of priming. When I found this out, all about priming in 2006 and 2007 from Kevin Hogan, I was like, dude, I'm going to use this all the time. When I train heating air conditioning technicians, plumbers, roofers, electricians, you know, and they go into a home and they got floor savers, and uh, homeowners will always say, you don't have to put those on. And so like a lot of a lot of people will say, well, you know, we just do it to protect your floors. Nah, I, I changed up a little bit of priming there. Oh, you know what? I've done this so long. I feel like I've done it a million times. Well, they, I have them do that for a reason because they're priming. They're putting a number out there. Uh, priming could be an emotion. It could be a feeling. It could be a number. It could be a statement. So you just got to know. So, you know, like, Closers, when somebody makes a request that can't happen, a closer will be like, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. We're not going to have this conversation. It's, it's just they shut people down. Like it's, a, it's an elegant way of shutting people down. Um, I, I could think of a couple people growing up in my life from, from just you know being around my parents that they would shut down conversations like, no, not happening. You know, cops can do this because, you know, by, by definition – uh, you're supposed to respect authority. And so like sometimes you just automatically go into supplicate behavior when you get pulled over. So like think of think of like somebody who's automatically in charge at a scene. Like who's going to be automatically in charge at a scene? Somebody who's been a good leader is going to walk in, especially get a car accident. 
Like you ever get in a car accident, you know somebody who's a leader that walks up and goes, you, over there, go uh, go tend to that person who's, who's fallen out of their car. You, over there, go call 911. You, over there, come with me. Like You know, like, oh my goodness, this person is all about, I know which direction that we're going. We're putting a dot on the horizon and we are marching towards it. So like sometimes you could say, yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Someone goes like, I, I want a better price. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And let me give you the lay of the land and the reason why. You got to give the because. You got to you gotta give the, the, the reason that goes along with it that makes some sense. Now, some people say, don't give the because. I'm going to say, fine, try it out. <clears throat> you don't have to explicitly say the word because. You could just give them the lay of the land. It's not going to work. And here's why. Most salespeople are supplicant and will beg for the deal. And your buyer knows that they got you if that's the way that it's going to be. Like, I got to close this deal. I have to make this happen. Like, it's a form of neediness. And people, when they smell neediness, they will take advantage of it. And if you're dealing with somebody who's opportunistic, they will fleece you. They will take everything that you got. Like, the, the, the worst deals that I made were when I was at the biggest struggles of my life. That I was struggling internally. I was struggling personally. Like, I've, I've documented that. 2008, 2009, went through a really bad breakup. Really bad. Probably one of the worst, darkest spots of my life got fleeced on deals. Deals that I shouldn't have closed or deals that I should have stood up for myself and I didn't because of the dark spot that I was in. So like things that are going on in your personal life are going to dictate how you interact. You have to be able to deliver powerful messages using your personality. If you don't like how I say it, that's fine. Find a way that's going to work for you. That's 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 the way that it works. Find a way that you're going to be able to be comfortable with it. But you got to put in the reps. So when I work with salespeople, I'll tell them, like, look, you got to say that price for your project 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 times. So whatever your objection that you're struggling with, you better practice it a lot, a lot. Because the person who's going to get that deal is somebody who's put in the reps. The person who's going to lose out on that deal is the person who's supplicant, gives everything away, and causes issues. So I'm going to give you a game plan. I'm going to give you some wrap-up here. I'm going to give you some ways to deliver straight talk and say what needs to be said. First, you know, look for the person that you admire in your life. Look for the people that, that, uh, that you can model. Look for the people that you, you go, wow. I mean, I gave you a list I, I, I shared with you a couple of different names. You know, there was Frank, there was Dave Lacani, there was Rob, there was Mark, there's a dude named Mitch. Those are all people that I seriously admire in the world of sales and the world of uh, persuasion and business because they showed me like, hey, Scott, like you got to put the dot on the horizon. You got to put that leadership in there and you got to march towards it. Sales is a form of leadership and most people don't realize that. You have to be willing to have the tough conversations in your own personal life. You, you do. You, you, you have somebody that's a bully in your life, you got to deal with it. You got something that needs to be said, you can't go backwards and have that supplicant behavior. Now, one, <laughs> I'm not a therapist. Two, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not giving you legal advice. So simmer down on that. Uh, as I mentioned, spend time with people who say what needs to be said. I gave you the example of uh, people in the Navy. Okay, if it's not the people in the Navy, pick the people in the Army. If it's not the people in the Army, pick the people in the Marines. You know, go through go through the military ranks and, you know, if it's not them, you know, pick the pick the Coast Guard. But there's always a gruff dude that you know that knows how to say what needs to be said. 
you know, go buy them lunch and, and say, hey, look, I'm struggling with this. And they're going to give you some world-class knowledge and they're probably going to curse a whole bunch. There's probably going to be a lot of contractor language as my dad referred to it as. So this isn't about being mean or abusive to others. It's about standing your ground, painting the horizon, painting the picture, showing somebody what the direction, the world, the way that it is, and saying what needs to be said. And the the confidence in what you say matters. And so, you know, go to that place where you're confident about something. Everybody's got something that they're really good at when they talk about it. Everybody's got this one thing that they, I mean, and it could be obscure. It could be like Legos from the 80s. It could be, it could be a, a, a fact about a car engine. It could be something about a book publisher. I mean, it could be something weird, but you have that place of that thing that if someone's like, I want you to talk for five or 10 minutes, that's like the type of energy you got to have when you're closing deals. Like I am an expert at this. This is my knowledge. This is my field. I recently had somebody reach out to me and say, hey, Scott, help. I need training. And so we go over the numbers and they're like, that's way more than I was thinking. And I said, like, look, and I literally said, I got to give you the lay of the land. So you could borrow that phrase. Got to tell you how the world works. Got to give you the lay of the land. We got to have the tough conversation. And then go from there, but figure out how you're going to say it and how you're going to do it. And last on this list, uh, take improv classes. Like the one thing in sales, like if Scott, Scott, I got to know, what is the one thing that's really going to give me more skills that has nothing to do with sales, that has everything to do with sales? You got to take improv classes. Improv classes teach you timing. Improv classes teach you how to get through difficult situations. Like I have been through some weird, weird sales calls. And part of it's because I'm willing to talk about just about every topic on the planet and like nothing really freaks me out. And part of it is because like over the years doing in-home sales, you meet with all sorts of different people. Like you meet with people at their houses, you meet with people at their rental properties, you meet with, woo, strange. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. Let me give you the lay of the land. When you can have the conversation to let people know exactly what's going to happen and you can set the tone of a meeting and you can explain to them, here's what to expect, you're going to get better results. You just have to put in the work and you have to put in the practice. Otherwise, it'll go nowhere. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.